surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is your host, Taylor, and I am coming to you from the W Hollywood here in LA. And I'm really excited to be meeting with this guest today. Uh, last visit to LA, we were almost able to record, but <laughs> fell through. But here we are today. I'm so excited uh, to be speaking with you, Ariel. Thank you so much for coming in today. And also, we've there's several things I want to talk to you about, but yeah. also, like, I only really know you from Instagram yeah. and this is part of why I love doing a podcast because I'm like I'm gonna really actually get to know you yes. now. <laughs> We're up close and personal. <laughs> yes, Literally. yes. Um, so I think actually how I found you was through Sarah Landry oh, um, yeah. through Birds Papaya. Mm-hmm. Love her. Had her on the pod, and you also did um, some. You do some modeling. You write a lot of poetry, mm-hmm. um, and just started following you and was like, "This girl seems like such a badass." So <laughs> thank you for coming in, and I'm so excited to get to know you more today. Yeah, thank you for having me, and yeah. welcome back. To LA. Yeah, thanks. It's a beautiful sunny day here. Um, but also, like, congratulations because you are recently engaged. Yes, there's yeah. a ring on it. 80 days. Well, 79 now. I was 80 yesterday, but <laughs> 79 days and we get married. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, we're very excited. Yeah. So, one thing that drew me to you where I was like, I want to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in an interracial relationship. Yeah. And People always usually ask me a lot of questions about being in interracial relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm half black, half white. Most of the guys that I have been in serious relationships with are white guys. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting, actually, I saw a red table talk with uh, Jada and you know, yeah. their whole family. They're amazing. Uh, where she was saying, you know, I, like, I've never actually been able to ever date a white guy because just... I never feel like they can empathize and understand, mm. like, the struggle of, mm. of being a person of color. Yeah. Um, and... I like really sat on that for a bit and now I feel like I go about dating in a very different way in a way. Totally. I mean, obviously like I've had my own racial identity journey, but yeah. would love to hear you share a little bit just about kind of how you and your partner met and mm-hmm. what your dating history was like when yeah. it comes to race and just what that's been like for you. Yeah. So I didn't date, um, any white guys before my fiance. I always wanted to. Um, (laughs) One of my first poems I ever wrote was uh, called Arctic Fever. And it was literally about, I just, I've always liked white guys and it didn't necessarily have anything to do with them being white. It was, eyes are really big for me. Hmm. Um, And so it doesn't matter what color you are with the eyes, but like, I'm going to look at the eyes, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And for me, it's like I have brown eyes, so I want to want to add a little pizzazz <laughs> to the mix, you know. And so, um, growing up, like all my celebrity crushes were Ashton Kutcher and Zac mm-hmm. Efron, and mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I just I'd never. It's, and it wasn't that I wasn't attracted to other people. Mm-hmm. It's just that's initially where my heart was drawn. Mm-hmm. And so, in terms of dating, which I have very little history of, actually, <laughs> okay. um, was mostly actually Hispanic. So yeah. El Salvadorian. 
in Puerto Rican. Yeah. Um, were my two boyfriends in, in high school. And then I dated like one Peruvian guy for like a second um, mm-hmm. in, in middle school. And then in college, I didn't date at all. Okay. Um, I liked a lot of different people, but mm-hmm. I just wasn't ever the chosen person um, wow. and navigated through that. But again, it was still a mix of mm-hmm. um, mostly Hispanic, um, a few white. Um, mm-hmm. I want a, a black guy who's actually like one of my friends now. Yeah. Um, and and, and so that was kind of that space. And so all throughout college and then really after college, um, I didn't date a ton. And it wasn't really until after college that I was like, okay, I don't even know what it's like to really go on a date. What do I want? What kind of conversations do I want to have? So I started doing the online dating and that was just a wide range of just different guys. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, again, going for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do surface level well. And so yeah. if we stayed you know, at that level, I was just like, no. Nah, I don't care what you look like. You know, there's no depth. There was no, Mm. none of that. And so. Then I take it you're a fan of Love is Blind um, on Netflix right now. Oh my God, that's so funny. My friend Dave and I were just talking about this. And if I try and lie and say that I am, he's going to call me out right now. I don't, I'm really bad at television to be completely honest. I don't really have the most time with it. I just watched it this weekend because my sisters were watching it and I was home um, in the Bay Area visiting there. And so I peeked into a few episodes episodes. Yeah. But I still don't know how I feel about it. I think televised love is hard for me just in general. Yes. yes. But um, the whole concept, right? The whole concept of, like, of it. Yeah. yeah. The whole behind the wall fan of that. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Loved it. But then it's like, <laughs> now you got to get married. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Like learn, yeah. grow. Anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. to each their own. Yes. Um, and then fast forward, it actually was in the year where me and a bunch of girls from like all over different states decided, okay, we're going to go on 12 dates this year mm. and we're going to do that through um, an app usually. And then if we meet people in person, great. Um, yeah. And so we documented like, okay, we're going on this date. This is how we feel about this guy. Mm-hmm. This is how we, what we like. This is what we're taking. And then we go on a second date. Why are we going on a second date? Would we go on a second date? And it was really cool Very to just like explore the conversation of dating. And I think I got like six dates in and then I met... Um, Mm-hmm. Um, my fiance John and we met through Instagram actually, which mm-hmm. is really funny because I was like very much so like I don't want to be on an app. I want to. <laughs> I just want to send a coffee drop and then he walks in and then he, we look at each other and I'm yes. reading and he. Have I wanted. Story. I wanted the story, mm-hmm. you know. And it's funny because I got the story, but not the one I thought it was going to get. Still, I love the story. So we met on Instagram and that was actually because of a podcast that I had done um, that year. And I was talking about singleness and I was talking about that whole journey. And Mm -hmm. I described a guy I would want to be with and his sister listened to it and was like, it was crazy because it felt like you were describing my brother, even though you didn't know my brother. Wow. I literally actually like (laughs) not even lying, just got chills. (laughs) And so she sent him one of my poems on my Instagram story and he heard my voice first and there's like four other girls in the video because we were just like walking through a sunflower field and he was trying to figure out which one was me but he heard my voice first and he was like who who is oh this gosh. um and then he started following me we started um like commenting and back mm-hmm. and forth and then i dm'd him and it would kind of just trickle from there and so Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked all the time because he's very much so like anything and everything, the 12 year old version of me. Mm-hmm. And even now, like, wrote in her journal, you know, like, talked about wanting and desiring and not just physically, but just yeah. um, his understanding and the way he asked questions. And we dove, I mean, straight in from the first couple conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no surface level about him, which I genuinely appreciated. Yeah. And he was very straightforward. And, um, 
um, it wasn't a matter of questioning, you know, how he felt mm-hmm. or how he didn't feel. And so um, the conversation of that was just very easy. It was mm-hmm. very easy to fall in love with him. Um, it was very easy to get to know who he was. And when we first met in person, he like wore this bright pink shirt and he had shorts on to show his like leg full of tattoos. And he was like, I told myself I was going to go in this being fully me. And if, if that wasn't something you wanted or, or respected, then then I, that was my answer. And I yeah. was like, I feel like that was the thing I was most attracted to 100%. about like your beanie and pink <laughs> shirt and like literally DM'd me and was like, I want it because we were at a house concert and he was like, I want to come say hi, but I'm like low-key having a panic attack from claustrophobia and he really yeah. does wrestle with small spaces mm-hmm. and things like that, but loves concerts and love music. Yeah. And so we got to connect in, in that very tiny house show and it was beautiful and mm-hmm. I loved it. And so navigating through the first couple months of of just the last couple days guys that I did date in that season were African-American and um, I had to uproot a lot of just like personal things and what Mm -hmm. that looks like for me Um, but I I thought they were great men and I I enjoyed the time I had with them Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden here comes John and it just kind of put all those things to a halt Mm -hmm. and um, and it was very easy I knew from our second date that I that I probably was going to love him Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, and in terms of the racial aspect that it wasn't ever said until much later. Mm. Um, I I had a person, you know, who had made the comment about um, him not being um, an oppressor or not being, mm. and um, that was so hard to hear. One, because they don't know him. Yeah. Um, and two, it's really interesting when we dove into our, our past and where we come from in terms of privilege from mm-hmm. what it looks like. I have that. He doesn't have that. He mm. grew up... Um, pretty poor Mm -hmm. um and in rough neighborhoods Mm -hmm. i went to a private christian university Mm -hmm. and i lived i've always lived in a house you know for the most part and so when you look at us physically it's Mm -hmm. you see a white man with blue eyes and blue green eyes and you see a black woman and but when you actually sit with the stories um Mm -hmm. the tables have turned a little bit you Mm -hmm. know and so it's very interesting to dive into those conversations about privilege and we were just having this conversation yesterday and I've never felt um in any conversation with him that he didn't understand all of me yeah that includes how I feel deeply that includes my process of writing that includes who Mm -hmm. I am as a woman of color um I think there's a small part of him who understands it probably um more than I thought he would and Mm so um it's been definitely there's still conversations where he's still, you know, a white man and we have mm-hmm. those conversations and he realizes that bias. But then there's also a twofold of like, I have to realize my own bias and, and that yeah. balance and dance in those conversations. I'm so glad you're on here right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank, thank you. you for sharing all of that. I have so many thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, I think that's amazing that he was able to be so so unapologetically himself Mm -hmm. and knowing that he was going to show up fully him and that if it didn't work out that like he was was still going to be him and he would rather if it were to work out for you to have the correct impression Mm -hmm. of him and to actually Mm -hmm. connect in a really authentic way yeah um and so it sounds like the conversation around like the differences in race didn't come up until someone else had pointed it out Mm -hmm. farther along in your dating experience with each other um and i'm wondering what those conversations if any conversations have been had um just around like what it would be like for him as a white man 
and to potentially have kids if that was something you guys wanted um, of, you know, how he would go about even raising, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I get, I get these questions a lot actually from women, from Mm -hmm. white women who are raising interracial kids, Mm -hmm. biracial kids. Um, But I'm curious if that's been a conversation that you guys have had and how that yeah I remember making the comment of like because I'm pretty fair skin like mm-hmm. you know we're yeah. pretty similar in color and and a lot of my siblings are are darker mm-hmm. and so even navigating you know that conversation with yeah. him colorism. And, yeah the colorism mm-hmm. aspect and so but even more so he's like white and I'm fair skin so I was like our kids are just they're gonna come out and be like <laughs> what am I <laughs> you know like what and who am yeah. I and I remember so distinctly he was like oh man he's like they're going to be beautiful and we're going to remind them of that every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even more so, he's an history nerd. So he loves mm, okay. so um, he educated. culture. Yeah, he mm-hmm. loves culture and stories. Um, and he's very richly um, coded in those culture yeah. and stories of all people. Um, mm-hmm. He's very much so not just like, this is the world that I live in. But he's yeah. like, there's so many other worlds. How can I try my best in who I am and mm-hmm. in my skin to understand them? And so we've had little conversations or there's one day he he works at a coffee shop currently and he said um he had seen this girl and so he had looked at me and he went to go hug me and he was like oh you do have freckles and I was like hmm. what why are you like where did that come from that <laughs> yeah. wasn't a conversation we were having but it was like he uh, something and a continuation of something huh. he was thinking about and I was like yeah like in the summertime they come mm-hmm. out you know yeah. more Same. and he was like I saw this girl um coming to our coffee shop and she had this like beautiful curly hair mm-hmm. and like the these freckles and I was just he was like I just she instantly made me feel like that could be our daughter you know or that could be someone we could have and I just didn't know if you had freckles because he has them but and so just like that train Mm -hmm. of thought um and we know we want to have kids. We also know we also both have the heart of adopting or fostering mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, and because we just have both have big arms and big mm-hmm. hearts. And so we want to open a lot of doors. And so we've had like very delicate conversations. And even just yesterday, I talked to him about how when I grew up, my parents weren't like, you're black, you're black, you're African-American, you're African. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a, a narrative we had as uh, mm-hmm. as my siblings. And I grew up, we grew up with being, your name is Ariel. Um, you're a child of God. You're like, you're this and you're this this and you're this. And then in addition to those things, you're African-American and this is what that looks like. And even for us, there's four girls and a boy. So the conversation has changed because Mm -hmm. my brother um, is a boy and Mm -hmm. he's a little bit chocolater and more chocolate. And, and those conversations having to be like, okay, Z, like we have to be careful about these certain things. And those were never narratives that we, as um, my sisters necessarily had to grow up with. So just that context is so different. Um, And, Mm -hmm. and, and just navigating through that. But even more so, like, I I know that with John and I, like, our hearts are, like, these these beings that we create regardless mm-hmm. of what color or colors they come out mm-hmm. as. Um, our goal is always going to be to remind them of their identity mm-hmm. and their worth and their value yeah. as beings, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and then we'll get into those nitty-gritty conversations of, like, well, where does dad come from and where does mom come from um, so that they never hopefully experience mm-hmm. um, this... Um, 
torn experience of of having yeah. to be one or all or the other, but yeah. navigating as you know that beautiful meld of of being both, and that mm-hmm. is your identity, both. Yep. You know, um, and navigating through that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's something definitely as a biracial person that I have had to navigate totally. and, and struggle with. And mm-hmm. I think having that emphasis on like your being, yeah, and also that like your being can be both yeah. is would be I think very beneficial for you know whatever future children Mm -hmm. you you might have um and I'm curious too because you mentioned earlier just about uh dating and like not being chosen throughout Mm -hmm. college um but also I know that like I kind of want to get a little bit into faith as well um because you mentioned even just now about your parents kind of instilling in you that like mm-hmm. you are this being and yeah. you're a child of God um, and the role that like faith and religion is, has played for you totally. in, in dating and your, mm-hmm. your art. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's a central place for me. So mm-hmm. um, anything and all things stem mm-hmm. from that place. I, I grew up with parents who have always been in ministry. I'm in mm-hmm. Christian ministry. My dad is currently a pastor and transitioning into a church planter. And so he helps and guides other people, plant churches and plant homes mm-hmm. um, in different communities and in different places. My mom speaks and writes um, for different organizations and things like that. And so the, I've been immersed in it my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've learned to navigate what this looks like as uh, my parents' faith mm-hmm. and way of believing and what is my faith and way of believing and and those have happened in waves um for sure but for me my art um how I communicate my relationships I can't help but still come back to that central place Mm -hmm. so for me in terms of like creating and writing all my poems may not be directly scripture or directly but um there's still this if Again, if I am light um, and I am centered in light, then the things I touch and the things I create are also right, um, mm-hmm. light and in, in God-centered and God-oriented. And so mm-hmm. it's definitely um, the whole, like, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, um, which mm-hmm. is true. But I think it's more so just like, ah, oh, it is the center of my being. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is why I do the things I do or the way I love the way I love or mm-hmm. the way I speak the way I speak because I don't know how to not be centered or grounded in that space um when it came for dating obviously i think that uh christian dating has a lot of (laughs) yeah like i got a lot uh, of extra questions uh, on this part (laughs) work to do um oh man and i think that's why john for me was so refreshing because before Mm -hmm. it was like this play around of um guys who would had just have me around and it would be Mm -hmm. very much like relationship but we'd never call it a name and then i would be Mm -hmm. confused and want clarity and then i was like i just you know i just don't think i'm the man of god you know i need to be or God doesn't yeah. want us to be together or that whole um, excuse yeah. of of things and versus just like, I don't want to be with you. you yeah, know? Which like, is, don't use God as you're yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> like, tell which me is, how you really tell feel. Tell me how you really feel. And so... Had a lot of those. Um, mm-hmm. Had a lot of moments where I would address, and it would be like, "What? What are you talking about?" Or mm-hmm. I could see us together, but I just don't think I'm who I need to be. And then, you know, four months later, they're dating someone who I work <laughs> with. You know, and I'm like, liar. But yeah. I think that's why John for me was so refreshing because he was very clear with like, "This mm-hmm. is a date. I'm pursuing yeah. you." Like, I like and that. there was no sugarcoating. There was no second guessing about it. And so, yeah. um, and even in our in our relationship, he. 
he is he just experiences and sees God in such a different way mm-hmm. than I do and that it has been like at first I was like no we're not we have to be the same we have to think the same and mm-hmm. see it the same and experience it the same and I realized what is the what, do we not like see a bigness then if we only see one side of what yeah. it is and so um, that's been a beautiful journey and he's way more contemplative and I am a go mm-hmm. go go rush 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 and he's just like let's sit on this hiking trail and like talk about <laughs> meditation and I'm just like what in the world so he pulls this slowness um mm-hmm. in this kind of like garden of eden moments out of me and so yeah for me it's just like I don't know how to live and breathe like mm-hmm. I'm not made for something bigger or that I don't believe in something bigger and that's yeah. kind of like always been my go-to space what are your thoughts on like god being a a woman like a creator Mm -hmm. like women like we create life literally like what are your thoughts on like uh, a higher power or or god being a woman yeah i just went to an event a few weeks ago and it was a woman who i had gone to church with um and she was like she was like yeah because God and then she and I was like whoa and that wasn't the first time I had heard that and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's a song called how he how he loves and I went to a church and they said how she loves and I was like yeah. well technically <laughs> if we're all created in this example and then this likeness that is God then there really is no he or she but we just comfort wise we went to the he mm-hmm. yeah. I think because it was like yeah this makes sense yeah, you know patriarchal and yeah, it's yeah. like God the father <clears throat> but it's 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 twofold. It's mm-hmm. more than that. If if you and I are made in this likeness, then there is a she in this concept. And mm-hmm. so I think for me and my not like just how I've been raised and how I've grown up, yeah. I'm still learning to flip flop that. But every time I hear it, it's like this beautiful, like, oh, because I'm included in this likeness too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that that you also have power as a as a being and mm-hmm. as a as a woman. Um and I'm wondering, I don't think that I, I did talk, we have talked about this briefly on the podcast. Yeah. Um, my, one of my girlfriends, Morgan, she kind of transitioned her, her lifestyle and, and, and found God and mm. is a very, very big part of, of ter- church now. Yeah. Um, and we've even discussed kind of how that's impacted, uh, how she expresses her sexuality, wow. her views around her sexuality. Yeah. And I'm wondering for you going through college, even when you said like 12 dates a year, I'm like, that's <laughs> like a month and a half. Like, what <laughs> yeah. Like? yeah. So I'm wondering like what how you were raised or, you know, your relationship with God, how that impacted your sexuality and mm-hmm. how like your, your beliefs and, and values around sex and your experiences, how, yeah. it, how those have been related or impacted each other. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't think that my relationship with God per se ingrained in this. I think mm-hmm. it was more so just um, how I was taught and interpreted yeah. what we think God intended when it came to our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and that was growing up in purity culture and mm-hmm. modest is hottest. And yep. I was just talking um, about it on a podcast earlier today about just this very disembodied um, way of experiencing who we were as physical beings. Um, mm-hmm. And I in my Instagram journey and self-love conversation, um, I'm coming to terms of just like, no, it's not a she. This body is 
me, I. It's a we. It's a combination of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, for the most part, up until about a year or two ago, lived very much so like my body is this, my mind and my soul is this, and they're separate. We don't touch them. We don't yeah. combine them until it's time to, you know, mm-hmm. um, and navigating through that. And so where I'm at right now is um, is healing a lot of those things I didn't mm-hmm. know um, were wounds or didn't know um, mm-hmm. kept me at a place where I don't fully know how to love myself or didn't fully know how to mm-hmm. love myself well um, because I was only loving my mind or I was only loving my soul or I was only mm-hmm. loving my heart and because just like kind of backburnering my body a little bit. Yeah, because your body was supposed to be this pure, like, untouched. Mm-hmm. Set aside. Un- yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't look. Don't touch. Don't breathe. Yeah. Don't show. Um, and this conversation of modesty, which I recently looked up that word, and it has nothing to do with the physical body <laughs> when you look it up and you actually dissect it. So I'm like, where did we get this from? You know, like, how did we get to where we are now with this conversation and modesty is supposed to be it's it's an attitude and it's yeah. a mindset. It literally I just now googled it. It mm-hmm. says the quality or state of being unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's abilities. Abilities. <laughs> abilities. <laughs> state of being. What? <laughs> like I remember looking that up and I was like, yo. Yeah. What? We where did where did we get that from? You know? Yeah. Um, and there's something so sacred and so beautiful about our bodies and about sexuality um that is so intentional with the with people that we're with. Mm-hmm. And one first and foremost, it's with the people that we're with. It's not for everybody else, you know? Um, in terms of like for me, I model swimsuits. That was like a very new territory for me yeah. of just like I never even wore two pieces growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and and even more so if I did, I probably had a big t shirt on, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm a little curvier than most of my teenage friends or mm-hmm. even high school friends. And so I had to do a little bit more hiding and a little bit more covering because can't cause people to stumble, you know, and navigate mm-hmm. it through that. And for me, I continuously go back um, to to the very beginning. And we were called good before we were called to anything else. Mm-hmm. And that has been like my reminder of like nakedness, bareness, our bodies yeah. in its essence. That was purity, just yeah. nakedness, just naked mm-hmm. existing. Yeah. That was considered purity enough and good and and we met, somehow we got where we are yeah. now and it's i i'm often so often i'm like god can you just like calm down real quick give us a good TED talk and then bounce <laughs> right back up like just come back yeah. just tell us and then leave you know yeah. like because we would otherwise we're just making stuff up yeah. really that's what we're doing and so well, and yeah. that's where like you can also have that power to say that for yourself mm-hmm. as well. I, mm-hmm. I, at least I think in in my beliefs here. But it's interesting that you bring up the modesty piece. I was at a talk. Um, it was put on by Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, Erica Hart was speaking, and the whole thing it was interesting because like Planned Parenthood was you know sponsoring the event, holding yeah. the event. Uh, but a lot of what she was doing it was the uh, anniversary of Roe v. Wade, and talking about how when we talk about um, resources for sexual health mm-hmm. and um, you know services, that we also have to talk about um, white supremacy mm-hmm. and how that has highly influenced. Um, um, 
the field of sexual health, mm. even just the practice of like educating ourselves, right. uh, doctors and, and whatnot. Um, and one of the things that she had us walk through actually were all these stereotypes of these different uh, people, right? Like mm-hmm. when you think of an Asian man, like what do you think of? When you think of a black man, what do you think mm-hmm. of? You know, when you think of a black woman, what do you think of? When you think of a white woman, what do you think of? Yeah. And, you know, very like honest, just the stereotypes that you hear, you know, shout them out, like, what are they? And at the same time, then she asked, uh, when you hear the phrase man up Mm. and when you hear act like a lady, uh, what do you think of? Mm. And the act like a lady was very highly correlated to like a white woman. Like you're small, you're petite, you are quiet, you Mm. are, you know, nice, you're modest. Um, and I'll, I'll just speak on the woman part, on the woman piece here, but, um, it's interesting because then, like, what you actually would um, associate with being a black woman is the total opposite of yeah. that. And so then when you are told, like, act like a lady, right, or yeah. be a lady, it's like, well, you're actually asking, like, people to just conform to this very, like, mm. patriarchal, patriarchal uh, you know, very, just this, this, this whiteness. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I wonder, you know. A, when people tell me act like a lady or when I hear that phrase, I'm like, actually, you can shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I am wondering like how like even that modesty plays a part in that where uh, being someone that is more curvier mm-hmm. and not necessarily being able to like fully embrace that or, yeah. you know, b- just be in that, that it yeah. was like a feeling of trying to be smaller and, and hiding yourself to be right. more modest, to be fitting this mold of, you know, maybe an acting like a lady or right. a modest, you know, woman that is actually has roots around a stereotypical white woman um that that i don't know when i think of it i'm just like that's a mind fuck right well (laughs) overall it's a it's a regulation to be smaller Mm -hmm. in every aspect you know um not to speak too loud Mm -hmm. not to take up too much space um not to embrace the way your body you know Mm -hmm. um resembles mountains and valleys like in every aspect is just small you know small um Mm -hmm. this conversation of uh, being regulated versus being celebrated and and women in general tend to fall in the regulated Mm -hmm. aspect and if it is celebrated it's celebrated with such stipulation you know Mm -hmm. and such small boxes and so i think the conversation of 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 modesty is definitely one that I'm still navigating, mm-hmm. um, but more so it's just like um, if you think of this concept of of light, you know, if the sun was out all the time, we would be sunburned all the time, or we would have too much of something, or we would have too much of um, vitamin C, or we would never know what it looked like to actually rest. And so this mm-hmm. concept of modesty, I don't think is supposed to be like be smaller, regulate, stay in a box, but it's just like okay, now is the time that you sit in the sky and you glow and you do what you're made to do and then you rest um and then yeah, having and, context yeah, and, and a balance yeah, for sure yeah mm-hmm. and so um i think navigating through what that looks like and also how we grow up that's every term if you were to throw any word out at someone mm-hmm. um how we grow up and what our biases will entirely shift what that terminology means and what that um, background means. And so for me, I'm just like, okay, what is modesty? Now that I know it has nothing to do with (laughs) With my body, with how I dress or how I don't dress, but it has everything to do um, with how I view what I'm capable of or how Mm -hmm. I view 
who I believe and how I believe I was intentionally designed and created, yeah. um, it shifts everything. It shifts yeah. that whole mindset of, no, I was never meant to be small. I was mm-hmm. never meant um, to stay in this regulated space, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and then what does that freedom look like to walk and step out of that? Yeah. And getting into that freedom piece and getting more in touch with your body, like how has it been for you? And maybe it's a journey now. Maybe it's a a journey that hasn't started yet. I don't know. Um, But to be able to actually experience pleasure in your body. And I know um, you said something earlier. I don't remember, but made me think of this. um, That it sounded like you were setting your body aside and more Mm -hmm. focused on like your mind, right? Um, And so therefore you weren't opening or sharing your body with others. Right. But were you able to share your body with yourself to experience Mm -hmm. pleasure on your own and any kind of like um, solo sex or experiencing and exploring with masturbation? Or was that like, you know, not something even that God... Like that, that you would have been taught that would right. have been appropriate for God. Like, right. does, does even that own self pleasure does that uh, taint a mm-hmm. purity? Yeah, per se, that's definitely still you know a shame space. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so in order to navigate through that, I needed to navigate it through just how do I how do I find pleasure being here first mm-hmm. and foremost. Which the yeah. moment you started talking, I. Zumba was like the first place I started doing anything of like, Mm -hmm. I am here. I am sexy. I feel great. I am moving. I am sweating and I am good. And watching these 40, 50 year old (laughs) women just shake everything their mama gave them Mm -hmm. and have no um, qualms about it, Mm -hmm. you know, and to leave smiling and laughing. And there was such, that was where I experienced first Mm -hmm. of like, there is goodness here. You know, there is pleasure. I can experience here mm-hmm. and, and moving and sweating. And now literally just morning went to, I do um, hot yoga mm-hmm. um, and, and that being the second space of like, there is goodness here. Mm-hmm. There is space here, but even navigating through now, okay, now what does that look like in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, we've navigated through just like him holding my hands mm-hmm. and um, kissing. I didn't have my first kiss until I was 24 mm-hmm. um, and very just delayed, if you will, or yeah. just in time, good time mm-hmm. um, experiences and, and still navigating through like, okay, what is good and what is shame and navigating through, okay, now uh, yeah. in the middle of that, like what is truth, you know? Yeah. Um, and I and I truly believe in the concept of um, saving some parts of who I am for the person that I'm like, you're going to deal with me forever. <laughs> and yeah. I need to know that you're going to deal with me because I don't know fully what will unravel when I do tap into that. Mm-hmm intimate space with you. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that was like a really big thing. I know that I will fall in love with every single person mm-hmm. I come encounter with and I didn't trust myself almost to an extent. Yeah. And I and I wanted that space where it's like, this is all of me. Like once you see me in my goodness and in my nakedness, that mm-hmm. is all of me. And mm-hmm. I need to know that you're in this journey with me um, and that we're in it for the long haul, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think I love the relationship I have with my fiance because mm-hmm. they're 
there are some days where we barely even we like get to the end of the day. I'm like, did you even kiss me today? You know, because like there's yeah. so much more. I just I would rather yeah. get lost in conversation with him. Mm-hmm. I would rather like experience a hike with him where our, both our bodies are falling in tune with the movement and the sweat and their goodness mm-hmm. and and navigating through spaces like that. So yeah. it's definitely something I'm still even in my almost thirties, you know, mm-hmm. um, exploring and having to uproot a lot of shame in order to walk in the freedom of things. Yeah. Um, and still navigating. Yeah, I've I'm I'm really happy to have you as a guest on today and that you're open to sharing and talking about this topic because yeah. I haven't had I get a lot of questions from people asking about um because I didn't really grow up with any kind of religious background. Yeah. I consider myself more of like a spiritual person, but yeah. I do talk a lot about sex on the podcast mm-hmm. and um am in training to be certified as a sex therapist. Awesome. Um and so I do get a lot of questions from people who grew up, you know, very within, you know, the mind of God and, and being yeah. a, a child of God. God, as, as you're saying, um, but experiencing so much shame around sex mm-hmm. and asking me, you know, kind of like, how do I navigate through that? Yeah. And how yeah. do I, you know, embrace my sexuality and embrace my pleasure and my yeah. body um, when there's so much shame associated around it? And I feel like I'm being a bad person mm-hmm. if I'm even touching myself right. or if I'm engaging with someone else. Right. And so I'm like, if there's any other more right. thoughts that you can share yeah. on this of, of this journey for you, because it really totally. is a question I get a lot. And I really haven't had anyone on the pod who could maybe even speak to that experience. Oh, man. I think that we have 30 years now of like or plus or however, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever ages your audience finds themselves in. Um, We... in those spaces, you're not just uprooting moments of shame. You're uprooting deep, deep (laughs) seated years of it. There's a lot to Um, unlearn. Conscious or unconscious. And there's a lot to unlearn. And then there's also a lot to like, okay, I'm going to take this, but I'm not going to take this. And I'm going to navigate this into where I'm stepping into. And I I really I so I told someone um, the other day because even in my space I'm still in a lot of faith based worlds and mm-hmm. I'm in a not yeah. a lot of not faith based worlds and so yeah. navigating through that conversation of like I post myself in swimsuits and I post you know mm-hmm. sometimes I'll post a bra and even in that of of losing a lot of the other spaces because mm-hmm. that's not how they would like to have that narrative and that's mm-hmm. not the conversation that they would want to have and and I I told her I was like I I don't want to be responsible for raising another generation of women who are not at home in their own bodies Um, because it comes back to we were called good before we were called we were called very good before mm-hmm. we were called anything else and and, and we that, were loved and that we were that loved state. yeah in that naked state mm-hmm. and so um uprooting that shame is is sadly it's going to take a little bit yeah. um and it's going to take some anxiety and it's going to take some panic attacks and it's going to take some learning um and growing and really uncomfortable tension and all you can do is sit in mm-hmm this moment, this day, and then the next moment, and then the next day. And there's no set scenario, but, um, and I, I think individually too, it looks very different. Like yeah. for me, I had to start working and sweating and, and moving in different ways.
ways that I wasn't used to in order to find this like, okay, I'm listening to you. I'm talking back to you because the body does talk Mm -hmm. and the body speaks um, and to listen to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And if that initial clinch up kind of um, response that we have in those moments um, where we instantly just shower ourselves with you're not good, you're not good, you're not good. The first thing is always to bring back the truth um, and the truth of that you were always loved and that you were always good um, and to come back to that space and and then to navigate, you know, Mm -hmm. in the next wave. And so I don't, I'm still, this is definitely a still conversation I'm having, but my senior thesis was about this conversation and and interviewing a lot of women who were married and didn't know how to be with their husbands Mm -hmm. um, intimately because we've been told for so long that we can't, and we got to turn it off. And then it's like, ta-da, now you can turn it off. You're supposed to turn it off until you get married. Then when you get married, you better be turned on all the way and it better be fantastic. Right. And you're like, "Mm, that doesn't work. You know, like it just doesn't work. (laughs) So what? What does that middle look like? And I don't know what that middle looks like. I have read a lot of people. Um, Hillary McBride, um, Lisa Gunger, they are faith-based people who are having this sacred feminine conversation, which I really love. Um, and I just listened to a podcast the other day. It's called The Trailer Cast, and they're both therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, not sex. Only one was a sex therapist. The other one was just a therapist who okay. has these conversations mm-hmm. with their clients. And they went in on all of the things. And even that for me in this season, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, (laughs) like, oh, that's new information to me. And so I I am not speaking as an expert. I am speaking as a person learning and navigating with you. And for the first time in a serious relationship and navigating what that balance um, looks like and, and what that dance looks like because it's a dance at the end of the day it's a dance and um and and with yourself it's a dance and so um only you hear the music and only you find the rhythm Mm -hmm. and i think coming back to that space but again find the truth find the truth find the truth and that and all of it because usually the first thing we're going to hear is a lie Mm -hmm. yeah yeah is there anything you can think of uh that you'd be open to sharing that could be an example of how you've navigated the process of I'm going to keep this and I'm not going to keep that. Mm, Yeah, I think. And maybe like why? Yeah. Um, So much of it is just like, one, I'm like, I'm two-ish years. I'll be 29 this year. And then, Mm. so I feel like this huge shift of like, Mm. snap, 30? Like, what the heck does that even mean? And and then navigating through, you know, how I grew up Mm -hmm. and how I was raised and and who I thought I I should be. And so I'm the oldest child. I'm Mm. a pastor's kid, you know, and so I have all these narratives and I'm like, okay, I loved how I grew up. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't change that for anything. Mm -hmm. So what in this beautiful season that I did have will I now take with me in this season of becoming a wife, yeah. of becoming, you know, one day a mother? And mm-hmm. and what does that look like? And so it's been a lot of like, okay, I think that served me. So I'll, I'll take that with me, mm-hmm. you know, or I acknowledge that that served me in that season, um, but I won't take that with me. And, mm-hmm. and, and navigating through like, oh, snap, my relationship's not going to look like my parents' relationship, you know? So what yeah. out of their, their beauty and their bonding do I want to grab glimpses of mm-hmm. and like sprinkle into whatever John and I create yeah. together, you know? And so it's very much so like you think of you baking something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cup full of this. It's a f- one fourth of this. It's one third of this. And yeah. and then what do you want to create with mm-hmm. what you have together? And so I'm definitely in that season now of like, wow, if 30 is like adult, adult, <laughs> then I have some <laughs> things that I'm like sifting through, you know, and navigating yeah. through and getting married a little bit later than most of my friends, you know, mm-hmm. and things 
like that. And so navigating through all of that of like, oh, snap, who do I want to be in this next 10, 20 years that I will exist in as I'm transitioning out of Mm -hmm. this first wave of 30 years that I just had? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, not, a lot to navigate oh, through. Um, yeah, it, takes, it takes a lot of courage to do. Yeah. Um, and therapy has been a part of this experience Huge. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I started going back. I had like a lot of weird moments before because I have a psych degree. And so mm-hmm. um, I would go into sessions and they're like, oh, you know how to cope. You're fine. You know, like, yeah, or I've when, got that when should I come back? And it's like, me, you don't need to come back. And I'm like, no, I just want to, I just want to pay you yeah. so I can talk to you. That's mm-hmm. really all I want, you know, yep. but I kept getting that whole you don't need this. You don't need this. And so I started going um, a few summers ago and then couldn't afford it anymore. And then Mm -hmm. restarted going when John and I first started dating. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, a lot of it was first about the interracial conversation and how to navigate through that. And then I've kept her um, through our year a little bit over Mm -hmm. just about, okay, family and work and things are transitioning and who am I, you know, and uh, navigating through all that. So I've been going consistently for a little over a year now and it's been amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, One thing that I want to make sure we talk about and also is kind of like a congratulations because mm-hmm. I mean this is like a huge thing. Um, you like modeled for Kim K's line. Yeah, I did. Which is like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just as we talk about like uh, experiencing in, in your body. Um, you also do talk a lot about kind of uh, self-exploration of, of body on mm-hmm. your Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've had this conversation a few times like on Instagram a little bit and I think maybe once or twice on the pod, but um, I'm curious what your thoughts are around like body positivity mm-hmm. um, versus something like body neutrality mm-hmm. um, and just kind of how you define maybe that, that concept of that exploration of yeah. your body and mm-hmm. coming and coming into terms with that maybe even like outside of a sexual space but just in a like this is my body like I may not be um you know in a very thin type body or in a Mm -hmm. in a body that society would necessarily approve of which again I think is shifting anyway currently and I think it is also thanks to people like you that are actually speaking up and that are owning their bodies and saying like no like this is my story this is my body I am in this and I'm not gonna like you know make myself right anymore (laughs) yeah um so much of it I think just I don't really call it um body positivity a lot of the times only yeah. because it, I think it creates the assumption that it only has to be positive, you know? And then also the the body neutrality of it. I'm like, I like to sit in the middle of things. Mm-hmm. And so I I personally re- refer to it as my body, uh, my self-love journey mm-hmm. um, because it is a journey. It is a process. Yeah. It's just an everyday navigating um, because some days you love where you are mm-hmm. and some days you feel like a potato, you know? So yeah. like navigating through that both space and then also not calling it one or the other so that there's permission to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, permission to, I, I posted this um, a few weeks ago, but it was just like, I'm, sometimes I don't love or hate my body. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just in my body yeah. and that's all it is. It's just, yeah. I'm just here and I exist and I'm being. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it comes back to that. I think just mm-hmm. the permission to just exist and yeah. permission to just be because our bodies will shift and change mm-hmm. like the seasons, especially as women. We, oh, yeah. we have no idea 
you know, like one moment we're not allergic to bananas. Next moment we're allergic (laughs) to bananas. Like it literally, there's no telling what could happen. And so there's, there's no point in, in putting so much permanence on Mm -hmm. such a fleeting and temporary thing that is so beautiful and so gracious to us. Um, but at the same time it will grow and it will change just when Mm -hmm. we feel like we've gotten to the point where it's like, no, I was just learning who you are. or I was just learning to love who you are. And so, um, for me, it's really calmed down to um, the aspect of, of body love and self-love and, and just being like, I accept and I acknowledge my body for where it was, where it is, and where it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and allowing yourself to sit in all three of those spaces um, yeah. because it will it will be waves, you know? Like I think mm-hmm. a year ago, I was like feeling great in myself and now I'm trying on wedding dresses and, and navigating all over again, you know? And yeah. so giving yourself grace in that navigating mm-hmm. is really what it is because you you never know like one day it will be one thing and the next it will be a whole different situation yeah and i mean literally just even on a monthly basis of like your pms and your nipples hurt and now you're bloated and like all these other things like your body is constantly changing um and i think it's interesting because i mean women in general have so much more of an emphasis on their bodies than Mm -hmm. than men do um and i mean if if we include even trans people in that there's like a hyper sensitive awareness around their bodies but um that your average cisgender heterosexual male like really does not um have to think that much typically Mm -hmm. um i'm generalizing here and there's obviously (laughs) exceptions and areas uh, where this is not true but where they are really just existing in their bodies like it doesn't really matter it's just like yeah this is my body whatever whereas like it's i think so foreign for women to actually and probably even for trans people to like sit in that of just like i'm just being in my body and like i'm just gonna let it exist i think Mm -hmm. it's a very um it's it's a bit of like making yourself the observer of your body mm, in a totally. way as opposed to being so attached to it. Yeah. And I think that's part of what you're that's talking good. about of like, you know, with it'll come in waves and yeah. it's a journey and things are changing. And yeah. so it's like you're kind of along for this ride totally. with your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like be kind to it throughout yeah, all of this because exactly. it is your home. Right. And um, take care of it throughout all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times even more so, um, you know, with with curve and with plus and body positivity, it's like you can still have the permission to take care of yourself and yeah. more than likely you're still going to have the curves, you yep. know, like I work yeah. out often, but like my hips are my hips, you know, mm-hmm. they're just going to be there and mm-hmm. I can't technically eat fast food because I'm allergic to the ingredients. So yeah. I don't eat crab meat. It's just like, this is how she's built. Like yeah. this is what we look like. And so the permission to just sit in the both, um, mm-hmm. to take care of you wherever you're at, um, mm-hmm. and the grace to accept all of it you yeah. know yeah i love that i love the in between the body neutrality and body positivity because yeah i think there is space in the middle for that yeah. um one thing i want to make sure we get to before we wrap up um is some of the work that you do around your poetry mm-hmm. um you have an album you also yeah. have a few books um but was hoping maybe if there's a poem that you can think of that's maybe one of your favorites yeah. or a recent one or just anything even maybe that's to the topics that we've talked about today but would love to share one of them totally now if if possible okay um this one is called magic and then in parentheses it's called in your bones there's magic in your bones there's magic in your eyes there's magic swimming whole around in your mind there's magic in you There's magic in me, 
There's magic in us, if only we believe. I am one-third poet. I am two-fourth perfectionist. I am imperfect, chaotic, frazzled, and indecisive. I can be moody and negative, self-deprecating and hypocritical. I advocate for the beauty and importance of everyone else, and I sometimes, I sometimes deny my own. I am often thinking that I won't measure up. I won't achieve any other level of success. Most days, most days I feel like a fraud, like people will look behind my curtain, find a mess of a woman, and they will not love me like still I love, like still, like oh, always coming back to shore simply hoping to be loved in return i am in love for the first time in my life and it is terrifying and beautiful all at once i am becoming slowly unwinding into who i've always been meant to be it's like meeting a distant and yet long for piece of you that has always reminded you of home i am home to one too many emotions to fantasies and dreams that seem as realistic as pixie dust i sometimes i sometimes still believe in magic Hope that it is tucked in the wings of a butterfly's or maybe in the dimples of a really chunky baby in the colors of the sunset or the way that he looks at me and they may call me something like foolish. 28 years old and still believing in magic, but what What if the thing we're most afraid of is not that it doesn't exist, but that it's lived inside of us all this time and we called it foolish? Well then, call me foolish because I could see it swimming in my veins. And every time I take a breath, magic tucked on the tip of my tongue, it is no wonder why these words are sometimes the most necessary healing I've come to know. So call us foolish, because I could see it swimming in your veins. And every time you take a breath, magic tucked into your very existence, so much so that your breath is a miracle, and you are a miracle. There's magic in you both. There's magic in your eyes. There's magic swimming all around in your mind. There's magic in you. There's magic in me. There's magic in us. If only we believe. I'm literally crying. <laughs> Oh my god. Thank you. That was so beautiful. Thank you. I need to pull myself together. Uh, okay, so how can people find more of this, please? Yeah. <laughs> um, Ariel Astoria for all things that's iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, if you're underground like that. Um, yeah. I have an album which is poetry to music. I don't sing on it. <laughs> um, oh my god, yeah, you need to I do know. one. Like that was so beautiful. I'm like, that's a that's a new territory. We're working through that. <laughs> um but it will come out. That piece will come out yeah. on iTunes um at some point in time this year. So look forward to that. Um but yeah, everything is iTunes and Spotify. I have two books of poetry. You can find that on Amazon. But mostly everything is via Instagram. So yeah. that's Arielle double L E Astoria. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being here. This conversation was so amazing Thank and you. so beautiful. That. I'm really glad we didn't open with that because I'm like, <laughs> I would not have been able to continue this conversation. Thank you. All right. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading, you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right, and and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast 
podcast um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.